0: Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Codec Call, the CodecMoments.com podcast. Um, it's lovely to be back. We've had a bit of a, a sabbatical um, somewhat enforced by me, unfortunately, so um, maybe we'll we'll go into that a little bit later on. I'm Andy Brown at ClinicalAndy on Twitter,
1: and with me today, as ever, is Dr. Matthew Holt. Good evening. I'm Matt Holt at Kodak Moments at Twitter, and you're right, it's all your fault we haven't been here for a while i yeah. just going to pin it all on you, um, and you must apologise.
0: I do, I do. I wholeheartedly, I unreservedly apologise. It, it was a shame. Shame. Yes, it was.
1: So, <laughs> come on then. Um, where have we actually been? Where have we actually been? Well, metaphorically been, because we, we probably haven't been to too many places. So, where have we been? Uh, metaphorically, literally, uh, metaphysically, I
0: don't know. Where have we been? Uh, well, Northern Monkey... Um, Matt Austin asked us this on Facebook yesterday, and I've got to say it's just life got in the way so um we we did record an episode in december um we this is like the second episode twenty seven we've recorded um, and I had a bit of time on my hands in fact i I was in the midst of producing another podcast for Kodak moments uh, which is still ongoing but it's it's kind of on the back burner and, and it'll come out in good time The lunch fox podcast it's going to be great it's going to be great um but yeah, so um so December came along, we recorded, I was just about to edit everything. Uh and then a long standing client of mine, I, I work as a, a freelance clinical research consultant in the pharmaceutical industry, um suddenly announced that because of Brexit, uh they were no longer going to be using any contractors. Yeah, so that was awkward. Um, yeah, just before Christmas. <laughs> Lovely timing. Just just before Christmas. That that didn't that didn't play well to the crowd. And then I sold my house as well. <laughs> So, so um, yeah, basically what happened was within the space of about a week, I had to find a new client and somewhere new to live as well, um, which we we got around to in, in good order. Uh, I've managed to do both those things now uh, and um, actually go and spend some time with family over Christmas. Um, and we're back. We're back now. So I've got time again, finally. Uh, we thought we'd get together and... and Actually, record a proper podcast. That's what we. That's what we've been doing. So, apologies for um, apologies for the hiatus. So, yeah, Um, we're back. So, we're back. So, speaking of Christmas, um, what we what we'd normally do at this point in the podcast is talk about what we've been playing. But because it's because it was Christmas, we've been lucky. We've been lucky, boys. Uh, And I think we've both got some new toys. So we kind of we kind of thought rather than you know what have we been playing with. So, Matt, what, what gadgets uh, have you been lucky
1: enough to receive over the Christmas period? What, what have you been playing with? So, the, the main one I've been playing with is um, i got Hive central heating. Ooh, is... I want
0: to sing the song now. <laughs> go on, do it. I don't know. Uh, what, what, how does it go? Uh, if outside it is pouring uh, and you're in bed and snoring, uh, but you're feeling a bit cold, Hive controls you heating from your phone.
1: That's classy. Another that one? Was it good? I, I think I made it up. <laughs> it's close enough. Um, yeah, we got the heating, uh, the heating put in, which admittedly is not the most exciting Christmas present in the world to, to some, but um, as um, tech enthusiasts, it is pretty good um, having everything controlled from your phone. Um, I think the, the thing that surprised me first off is we don't live in an old house. We're in a new build. It's you know just over four years old. It had a reasonably modern central heating system anyway, all we've done is change the control unit, but everything feels warmer and hotter than it did before. It seems to work uh, much more efficiently than uh, than the past. Plus, you can control everything whilst you're at the house and oh, wow. just mess around with um, freaking people out by turning heating on and off. But to, to add to it, I didn't realise exactly how connected it all was. I was only thinking of the heating um but through one of the um initiatives of the company we got it through we were actually sent a couple of light bulbs for free as well so um plug them in extremely simple to use um again control all the lighting from the apps um, and it's just it's just a really nice little setup it's got me into thinking about picking up some of the plugs as well and potentially there's like the window and door sensors just so you can start automating a lot of activities like the um the installer had told us that one of the things he's done um, is he has a door centre set up. So he, when he comes in on a night, it switches the lights on and does various bits and pieces to make sure it's all up and running for him coming into his house, which I just thought was a really neat idea. Just something simple that has everything running for you that's probably a little bit easier than um, than some of the other, other methods I've seen, like um, using NFC tags and other bits and pieces to automate stuff. I think it's just it's just a really nice setup. So you can set it so
0: if if someone breaks into your house, triggers the door sensor, sets off the alarm. You can also you know turn the heating up so they don't get cold as they're robbing you.
1: Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> that's it's what you'd need to do <laughs> Okay, but but what it does actually link to in a in a sensible note, um, which I know is probably going to come to one of your Christmas presents. Um, you can hook it up th- to if the if that then this. Web service, which allows you to connect online services together with a fairly simple and intuitive interface, um, which would then in turn let you hook it up to um, an Amazon Echo. So, from a, yeah. a lighting, heating point of view, you can control everything through talking to your Echo. Now, it does that natively anyway, without being connected to the the IFT service. But the nice feature of that Ift service is that you can set particular trigger words. So you can set your own phrases up. Um, so if say a particular phrase, then you can get it to do multiple actions. So you can say night-night to it and get it to turn all your lights off, make sure the heating's on the right schedule, switch any devices off that are plugged in, um, if you've got it connected to um, another like garage doors and cars and all sorts, you can get it to hook up to absolutely everything. So it, it kind of pulls these little disparate services, which all have neat little bits of functionality. It pulls them all together and makes them controllable from one point.
0: That's nice. Well, yeah, I mean, you speak to the fact that I did actually receive an Amazon Echo from my wife for Christmas. Which is a lovely piece of technology. I'm still really getting used to it. So we've got it in our living room, and it, we, we've earmarked exactly where it's going to go in the new house. It's going to go in our in our <laughs> kitchen, but it's brilliant. It's really good. I don't I don't feel perhaps I'm I'm using it to its full kind of what's the word I'm desperately groping for potential. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I don't feel I'm using it to its full potential yet. But my wife is really engaging with it. So she um. Because she bought it on her account, she's obviously getting all the emails about it because she keeps coming in and going, "Oh look, do you know you could do this and then you know promptly makes Alexa tell me exactly where the international space Station is or um <laughs> you know read read the count from her Fitbit for the day that kind of thing um so it's it's really it's a really neat piece of kit, and the funniest part about it is that my two and a half year old daughter adores it um because she's worked out that basically this this black kind of cylinder in the living room is her portal to whatever nursery rhymes she she wants to (laughs) put on at that particular moment so um after after seeing us you know suggest our alexa play you know humpty dumpty from spotify
1: um she sits there just shouting
0: alexa
1: at it (laughs) it's brilliant (laughs) so funny yeah, I've got the opposite. Our ten-month-old our is absolutely freaked out by this disembodied woman who lives in the kitchen. <laughs> she is petrified. Uh, for the the first time, we really, uh, really started having extended. You don't have a conversation with her, but you you do. You do provoke certain things that that get more of a response, and she talks more. And uh, it's yeah, it completely threw her, <laughs> completely threw her. Um, but it's a it's a lovely it's a lovely piece of kit the, the voice recognition is top notch i think it's not perfect i don't think any voice recognition is but this is very good um it's really good when it's when it's commanded it's excellent. what i have found is that occasionally she'll just
0: kind of blurt into life in the middle of watching a tv program and just go oh, i'm sorry i didn't quite get that or you know oh, i can't add that to your calendar <laughs> you're like what what are you talking about you crazy
1: <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> I've got mine in the kitchen, so it's nowhere near a TV, and it's never been triggered when I've got a tablet hooked up to it and there's anything playing off that. But I have considered getting another one and getting a dot, so the smaller version, so that it can do voice commands elsewhere, because it's a bit tricky to shout from the living room to the kitchen if you want it to do certain things. However, I spotted a nifty little device, I think it was yesterday, and I think it's releasing at the end of February, but they've got the Amazon voice remote control. So for, oh, okay. I think it's 20 quid. It's it's a remote you can take around with you, to contr- obviously, to control it, but you can talk into it and do your voice commands from anywhere. And I thought, well, I'm not going to bother with a dot that has to sit in a specific place. I think I might just get one of these. And then the, those times when I head up to bed and I've forgotten to tell Alexa to turn the lights off and stick my phone on silent and switch my Bluetooth off on my tablet, um, I can do it from a bedside just by talking into this. Do you you never miss the simplicity of a light switch, though? Believe me, it takes so long to get used to not turning the light off. And the number of times you walk into a room, automatically do it, and then go, oh, bugger and then have to reset everything through your phone because you've turned the power off and back on again. Because the the Hive light bulbs work as normal light bulbs. Um, If you power cycle them, you have to leave them on in the socket and control from your phone if you want to use them on the um, schedules and timers and things like that. Right, okay. But it is nice having that timer and schedule for when you're away from home. Because when we came to see you the other week, and we got back in the dark, the house was all nicely lit up for us to come into. That's lovely. It was very nice. There's novelty. There's novelty there. But it it's a lovely piece of kit. It hooks up with the Echo brilliantly. And I've, I've, I've really enjoyed having the Echo. If, you, if you're a Prime subscriber as well, and the, having the music service and everything works really well. I do have my concerns
0: about, about some of this smart home technology. That I, You know, I, I know the benefits, and I know that it's good, and if you're technologically savvy, um, it's fabulous. But I know the state that my mother-in-law gets in when she tries to watch our television just because we've got the Skybox and, you know, an audio system attached to it. So I, I dread to think if we had lights that either needed to be turned on via Alexa or a smartphone, I, I think she'd murder me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- there's... um. I think there is definitely a limit, isn't there? There are people who go, "Yes, that's useful," and I know plenty of people look at it and think, "Why are you doing that? It's just complicated." Um, So good stuff. So, but you're—I mean, you're not done there, are you? You're not—you've still got more stuff. I do have a couple couple of other things to talk about. One of them, I'm not going to go into any detail on because I spent about three hours talking about it in the December podcast that we recorded and then never put out there. Oh, Um, stop making me feel bad. So if that ever makes the light of day, they can hear about PlayStation VR in that podcast. I won't. I won't bore you again. At least, I might. I might try and put it out as, as kind of extract snippets.
0: Perhaps we'll perhaps we'll put it in the feed if I can if I can cut bits of it out in the in the coming weeks. I'll put it in as like bonus content in our in our podcast feed.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be quite good. Um, at least uh, at least then we'll have a use for that evening. But the one I will quickly talk about and. I, I'm only quickly talking about it because I've only had it a few days and I haven't really had a chance to properly tax it yet. Um, But I caved and I went and bought a PS4 Pro. Ooh, shiny. Oh, very shiny. Very, very shiny. It's it's a surprisingly nice looking piece of kit and it isn't much bigger than the um, standard PS4. It seems to take up pretty much the same footprint if maybe a tiny bit taller. It's... Possibly a bit disappointing when you first put it in its spot because you're looking at it thinking, well, it doesn't look massively different, and then you boot it up and it's exactly <laughs> the same firmware and nothing to tell you that you've got a more powerful machine um <laughs> and you're hunting around looking for any additional options and you know find a couple of bits and pieces in the display options, but that's about it, but it comes into its own when you boot a game up that has been patched, and the first one I did. Was I think it was Hitman. I think it was Hitman. I was going to say the say, one that I did. say
0: Hitman because we love to talk
1: about Hitman. <laughs> it was. I'm I'm sure it was. It, well, technically it was actually the Ghost Recon Beta, but I don't know if that was fully optimized for it. Um, but Hitman and just wow. I've, I haven't got a 4K TV. I have no plans to upgrade to one. I I wanted it purely for the performance boost. Um, but with that game, it, it takes the 4K image or whatever checkerboard, and it's done for the 4K image, Super samples it down to 1080, and it just smooths the entire image off. Um, I then took the 30-frame uh, cap off, which I'd played with on the standard PS4. Uh, it just breezed along at, I would hope, nearly 60 frames a second. It was very, very smooth. The particle and lighting effects are just massively better. It, it's so noticeable playing it. It, it was... Yeah, I wasn't expecting that kind of bump, and it I'm glad it was with a game that I knew really well that I played a lot of, because I could see it immediately as soon as it went in. I think if it was something I wasn't too sure about, because then I think the next one I had to go out was Deus Ex, and I haven't played that in a while, not since I reviewed it, and I was wondering what it's going to be like, and to be honest, I can't see much of a g- graphical change. But it does run smoothly. There's no jerking, there's no stuttering, there's no pausing. It it does fly through. It's a smoother, better experience. So I can see it from that point of view. But graphically, I, I haven't noticed anything significantly different. Then I gave Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, a shot. And that just that was just incredible. Because the game actually lets you select between three different modes. So you can have it as your 4K, um, you can have it as running at 60 frames a second, or you can have it capped at 30 frames a second, but with graphical tweaks. And as you switch between the modes, if you're looking through the background of the menu, you can see what it's adding and what it's subtracting or changing. And the graphical fidelity increase is lovely. Extra shadows, again, particle effects, hair effects, just looks amazing. And it was a good looking game to begin with. So... Mm. For the the three that I've really had a crack at and noticed, fantastic. I haven't properly tried a VR game yet, but there's supposed to be a boost to quite a few of them, particularly Robinson the Journey. So I need to have a go at those and see what it's done there. And I'm looking forward to the boost mode that's coming as well, which will... If I've if I've been reading right, it allows games to run at a higher frame rate. It might not do anything else with them, but you'll get a higher frame rate and maybe with some titles, some faster loading times. But on the whole, impressed with what I've got so far. It is nice. Um, if I ever decide to go for a four K TV, I'm I'm set for it. Um, but it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, well,
0: really, really nice. You see,
1: there's my there's my plan.
0: I've got uh, I, I've got some moon pounds left over. I was uh. I cashed in all my, my hotel points that I had uh, in, in order to buy the VR, and I never ended up buying the VR. And I'm thinking now when I move, I'm going to put that money towards uh, 4K TV. And then yeah. what with having moved, I've had a massive clear out. And um, as a result, I've got quite quite a large amount of game credit as well. So I think that might go towards PS4 Pro. So, so I have to swing this all by. Mrs. B, but yeah, we'll, we'll
1: cross that bridge when we come to <laughs> Yeah, I um I didn't tell her. <laughs> I, my um I, I my, went my out wife for noticed a that,
0: that she'd put your PS four up for sale on Facebook, I, think.
1: <laughs> I uh I went out for a haircut on Saturday morning and I was walking back from their past game and I looked in and I went, oh, I've been on in an iron for three months. Oh just go do it. And I just went in and bought one. Um, to be fair, mate, I imagine I imagine that's still cheaper than some haircuts my wife's had. <laughs> it might well be. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I yeah, and I came home with it, and I just had to say, no, it's, there's honestly not a PS4 Pro in the living room. I'm, I'm not going to spend all day swapping hard drives and re-downloading everything.
0: Um, just, no, no, I, I dropped it earlier, and look, yeah, I think I think it's split. <laughs>
1: No, it, obviously it is on the proviso that um, we do sell the PS4 because I am quite guilty of each time we get something new say, like, oh yeah, yeah, of course I'll sell the old one and it then sits in a room and nothing happens with it.
0: Um, well, that's that's kind of what I did with, you know, that's how I cashed up a load of game points because I kind of thought, well, I've kept my PS3 and I've turned it on twice in the in the three or four years since I've had a, a, a PS4. One, one of which was the
1: Platinum Hannah Montana. So I just thought, you know, I be do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gone. it's gone now yeah so no it, that is why my ps4 ended up on facebook and um, we did have a couple of interested people she put it on for a higher price than i told her to as well oh good girl which which is why i think we ended up throwing a few games in dirt cheap as because well, i felt quite guilty thinking oh, that's way too expensive for a three-year-old second hand machine um despite the fact it is in very good condition <laughs> Uh, so if anybody's listening and I haven't sold it and they want a PS4 um, with three games for a reasonable price that will cost you less than um, second, most second-hand shops, um, give us a shout. <laughs> you might have to pay your own postage. <laughs> right, well,
0: okay, good stuff. so it's it's a new year it's January 2017 and we've got to kind of address uh we've got to address
1: last year we do and it's it's a something of a tradition can we say that this is the third time we've done it yeah this is something of a tradition that we do a surprises and disappointments
0: of games we do't we, we don't we don't do game of the year because um, everybody does game of the year ad infinitum but what we we look at the games that have kind of surprised us or, or disappointed us um, you know we're not we're not saying they're the best games we're not saying they're the worst games but we're saying that actually in our own personal opinion these these are the ones that kind of affected us in that way
1: yeah yeah it's, that's a nice way of putting it
0: so kick off then Matthew in
1: 2016 what what games really surprised you I've got two on my list I had there are more than that but we're, we're trying to um, we're trying to be brief this year Um, and the first one comes from a publisher who has been on my surprises list in the past and it is Bethesda and Doom that really did surprise me back in May when it came out after the beta in, was it April that we played that Um, which showed off the multiplayer thing I I quite enjoyed that side of it because I thought it it was a nice little return to the old school um, shooter, the arena shooter, and it, it was good fun. I, but it—I don't think
0: I played the beta. I, I think I, um, I think I jumped straight into the the game when it was released.
1: Yeah, it it was it was worth playing, and it wasn't bad at all. I I did quite enjoy it. It was smooth. It was fast. It was quite a bit of fun. Um, but I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to get from the single player, especially with what they'd done with Wolfenstein, which was fantastic. The way that 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 did really surprise me the year that came out because it just managed to do a very, very solid single-player first-person shooter. And so I I knew we wouldn't get that from Doom. I was a little bit wary that the fast-paced reactionary side of it might not have aged particularly well, given what we're used to now. So I wasn't sure how it was going to be, and then I got it, I played it, and was blown away. how entertaining it was! It was just pure fun all the way through.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. You, I really loved it as a game, uh, it, as a first-person shooter. It, it took me right back to when I first started playing games and games like Doom, Quake, Sin, and took a, took away all that, all the 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 approach that I've learned over the years. You know, move slowly, moving cover, just undid all that in a
1: brilliant way. Yeah, it it had a fantastic. So juxtaposition to it. If you still had the muscle memory for circle strafing, you were you were well in. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially absolutely. with some of the bosses, um, and <laughs> that that is a skill that never leaves you. But equally, <laughs>
0: totally, that was exactly that was exactly my approach: circle strafe rockets, circle yes. strafe rockets. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like taking do, me back twenty years. <laughs>
1: you,
0: yeah, it would yeah,
1: fantastic. You, you keep your distance. But then it rewarded you for being in close. And the glory kills, whilst very a very simple mechanic, just a straightforward melee kill, um, it rewarded you with health, armour, or ammo, depending on what you did um and which weapon you might have used. It it just it added an extra layer. And then the first person platforming side of it, which get can become so wrong in a lot of games it was just just honed and it worked and it you used it to traverse the levels rather than just cause a fiddly section it it was absolutely essential to the game to make the length make the length of the very, levels and the height and depth
0: there were very few moments when the uh when the kind of the platforming was frustrating and actually generally when when you came across those i, I realized that perhaps i was I was being led the wrong way. Anyway, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. wasn't the path I should have been taking and, and um no, it was, it was good and and kind of just going back to the glory kills it was a it was a nice way of uh it was a nice way of supporting the whole, you know, armor health pack thing that we've moved away from. Yeah. It it made that feel less frustrating because you you never got to the stage where you think, "Oh my god, I can't I can't complete this because I can't" get to a half pack. I can't get through this section without, you know, health of that. We you just think right, okay, I need to complete this. So I need to be a bit more ballsy. Yeah.
1: It 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 did everything right. Um and to the point I I purposefully added it as one of my codec momentums so I could go back and platinum it, limit. And it, it it was worth it was worth the effort um for the fun that I had and the experience it gave me. Even How, playing um, it on ultra nightmare. Which I was, I was about never, to say, how was the Ultra Nightmare? Hard. Oh, very, very hard. I, I think I, I didn't get past the first imp encounter oh, for like five or six attempts. Um, an, an Ultra Nightmare, you have one life. And if you die in the level, you start from the beginning. There's no checkpoint in. You do get a nice little skull marker to tell you where you made it to. And where other people have made it to. but it was it was tough just getting through those pitch battles, but it was worth it. It was worth it. It was it's a lot of fun. Okie
0: dokie, good stuff. So uh, so Doom definitely one of your surprises. Uh, anything else? Yeah,
1: um, The Last Guardian. <laughs>
0: that was, certainly was a surprise.
1: Yes, a, a number one surprise because it came out. I I wasn't expecting it. I think I might have even said on a podcast, um, that yeah, it's not coming in 2016, and it did, and it came out in December. And the second surprise was that it had just lost, or the, the world had lost none of its charm from um, the spiritual predecessors, and it's an amazing game, absolutely amazing. It's received a reasonable amount of criticism, I think, over pernickety little points, Um, but what it does is it tells a brilliant story. It draws you in... Um it it did not get switched off from start to finish i put the machine into rest mode but it did not get turned off i didn't put another game in i didn't play anything else i just did that from beginning to end and i enjoyed every second of it i i'd i defy most people you're not going to have a
0: dry eye when you get to the end of the game oh yeah man, i mean that's that's the thing with um those games have got heritage for it, the, the shadow of the colossus just there were three of us in our in our house who played through Shadow of the Colossus together when it, it first
1: came out, and um the
0: end of that was was
1: pretty heartbreaking. Anyway, you think that's that's how heart- I um, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. I know you you with your experience of The Last of Us, you will find that ending hard, <laughs> very hard. Yeah, it was. It was not the ending of the last verse. It was it no, was no, no. I mean the the, end, end, the ending, the the end of, of the, end of the last, <laughs> the ending of the last guardian. You'll, you'll, it will be tougher than oh. that. It'll be tougher than that. Oh. It, it's a brilliant game. It and it makes you feel good as well. Um, it's just the okay. the mechanic that uh, that Trico is a is a living creature for all intents and purposes. It has the mannerisms. It, it acts like whatever it's meant to be—a giant kitty dragon type thing. I never really fathomed that out, but it. It's just there, it, it gets distracted, it, it goes off and plays, it ignores you. Um but you, your bond grows and the understanding and the commands come and it all just builds and flows really, really well. Um and it's I it's perfection in storytelling using games. It, it is. It it is really good. Yes, it's got a bit of a shonky camera at times. Um, and why they found the need to render its ass, I don't know. Because you spend a lot of time staring <laughs> at it. Um, but other than that, you know, it, it, it' brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it has had a PS4 Pro patch, um, which has given me and going to give me a reason to go back and play it again. I think Kitty
0: Dragon should be the official term.
1: It should be. I think it's Trico, but you know, Kitty Dragon. Kitty Dragon. Okay. <laughs> So, go on. What was what was your Good. surprise of 2016?
0: Oh, do you know, my surprise of I, I I don't feel like I had anything that was a real shock of a surprise to me. And when I was going back through the games I'd played and the games I'd purchased, actually, one of the one of the the biggest, most pleasant surprises that I had was Quantum Break, the Xbox One twisty, timey, wimy thing exclusive. It it was just really nicely laid down. I think when I started playing it. It's a little bit how to how to put it. It really reminded me when I started playing of of the early Uncharted games. It was right. re- really nice looking, but third person, the cover mechanic wasn't fabulous. It worked, but it wasn't it wasn't great. Um the gunplay, the guns themselves, again, it was alright, but they were a bit generic. It wasn't it wasn't great and you kinda of go in thinking, Oh, you know, Perhaps this isn't everything it's cracked up to be. And then, then you unleash your, your time powers. And they were really, really nicely implemented. And they really, they really changed the way the game played and flowed and uh, threw into puzzle sections and, and you know other, other gameplay elements as well. And it, it kind of turned the game in its head. And then you get these live-action sequences which are, you know, kind of 30-minute videos which break up the various chapters of the game. And I know it divided people, but I really, really liked that. I really enjoyed that aspect of it yeah. because I'm not a person uh, – you know, I'm not someone who can sit and play games for hours and hours and hours on end. Um, I like to break stuff up and do different things. And it was, it was just a really nice way of breaking it up so you get to the end of a really tough section. You know, sometimes you just get that fatigue and you're like, oh, do you know what? I just can't do another bit now. And it was just, and then you'd be hit with this this live action thing. You'd like, "Oh well, actually, I will. I'll sit here and watch it." And as, as a result, I found myself playing for longer portions, for you know, for bigger portions of the game, because it was broken up really nicely. It just it worked for me, and that's that was a really nice surprise for me. I really enjoyed Quantum Break. Cool, cool. I've I've not played it. But it looks interesting. It it was really interesting. And and also um uh half the cast of The Wire were in it as well. And the wire is something that I've discovered in two thousand sixteen and watched all five seasons
1: of <laughs> The thing is, you won't watch anything so, on TV now without going, Oh, he was in the wire or She was in the wire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's got so Quantum Break's
0: got Tommy Cassetti and uh, and Major Daniels in it. <laughs> playing the bad guy and, and the bad guys second in command respectively. So they're um it, it was just really it was really nice. <laughs> I really enjoyed cool. it. And then um I was thinking about other things that surprised me and I think I think there's two games really um two games that surprised me in spite of themselves. So I think I think the first one was the division. Um and again it was one of those things I think it, it launched hard and i i didn't i guess i knew what i guess i knew what to expect i kind of i i put the pre-order in i i played it from day 1 yeah. um and i didn't progress so far it was it was all right and then it fell by the wayside i'll be honest and then Towards the end of the year, they they added a load of they did a load of updates to it, and they changed the loot drops and they've they've really refined the game, adding the world tiers, and I went back with a couple of other other people, played right through to the end game, and it's just it's blown me away the the, the end game and what they're adding and the new the new survival, um, DLC they've put in the underground bits the, the way they've tweaked it and the way they've they've obviously listened to player feedback. It just made it a really entertaining game. I think one of my favourite bits in the underground was when we were um we we're doing a mission in there and we we've obviously kind of stumbled across some underground nightclub playing, you know, like deep trance right. music. It was like it was like something out of Blade, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really amazing um and i've I've not had a game experience like that in a long time let alone let alone 2016 i, I really i really enjoyed it so um i think what they've done to it and what they've made that game and, and when you hit the end game it really that really surprised me so i i like that um and then just to mention hitman uh it's it's not a surprise we we talked about it um last year in in some Detail as to what we'd like, what we'd expect, what we hoped, um, and it's not a surprise that it's good. Um, I think, if I'm honest, I played the beta a lot. You know the the training levels, an awful lot. as yeah. I'm sure you did. And then when Paris dropped, uh, it was it was a bit kind of. Oh, do you know what? I'm not. I don't like this level. <laughs> I don't like. It. And I think they. I think they led with the weakest level. But what what where the real surprise comes is how good it's become. I don't think I ever anticipated it to become as good as it has because Sapienza dropped and it was you know that was that was one of the best Hitman levels I've ever played, and everything that's come after that has just been superb and really added to it. And they've kept tweaking it, they've kept adding little things, they keep you know slightly changing the interface, and they're obviously taking a lot of feedback. And it's just become. you know, the sum of it is just so much more than the constituent Parts. It's it's really, really phenomenal. I'm um, I'm
1: not saying a huge amount, because I, I am just going to say, um, go listen to the Laps Gamer radio podcast that I guested on, uh, which I think has been live for a couple of weeks now. Uh, yes. That, that is, I'll be honest, you need a bit of time. It's around about two and a half hours of uh, our opinions <laughs> of Hitman, so I'm not repeating it here. Um, but yeah, go have a listen to that. And it's, it is in... Not my surprises, same as same as you. It's it's not a surprise that it was good, um, but it definitely is mentioning that it will probably surprise some people on just how good it is. Hmm.
0: It's pretty much all I've played all year, and it's and I think that's because partly because the the episodic content has worked. It's it's kept me coming back to it, um, and and it's got longevity like no other game I've played in a long long time for me but um no it's just it's great i I was meant to be on i was meant to be on that that's game a podcast but it's around about the point at which you know it was it was that week my business started falling apart so (laughs) it's it's all fine now it's okay now it's gonna be all right (laughs) um so yeah it was it was that exact moment and um and i thought you know what i should probably yeah i should probably concentrate on on real world but had I been on it, it would have been five hours long, <laughs> no doubt.
1: <laughs> um, now, uh, for me, well, I, I had Hitman as a runner-up, um, and and another one which I think um, this this isn't it, it wasn't as surprising as my two top surprises, but it surprised me at how often I went back to it and how much I played of it on remote play as well, um, and Dirt Rally. That, that this year in oh, 2016 right. is a phenomenal game it is fantastic and I genuinely can't wait for the VR support coming either that's what really surprised us pleasantly uh, what, about, what about your disappointments what's, what's, what's set you off I, I, I don't I'm, think we've
0: got time for this
1: <laughs> no we haven't because I'm looking at the list thinking yeah we need to not be ranty <laughs> over all of these so I will, I'll start and I'll, I'll, keep, it, I'll keep it light um, Watch Dogs 2 was a massive disappointment. Um, and I think that's because I got caught up in the hype in the two weeks leading up to launch. And I thought, yes, it, they have corrected what was wrong. It, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks lighthearted. And I, I, I went out, I hunted down a copy on release day because um, I was actually struggling to get old one, daft as it sounds, where I live. it local um, supermarkets hadn't decided to stock it. So it, it was... a. A bit tough to get hold of a copy, but I did. Um I sat down and I put it on and I went, I hate these characters. Um I hate the driving. It was oh just I was just so disappointed with it. To the point where that first week I turned it off and I've not put it back on.
0: I mean the driving the driving wasn't the greatest, but I really enjoyed it as a game. I thought and I think the whole point of the characters was that, you know, perhaps you, you weren't you want to kill entirely them. meant to empathise with them. You know, they're they're Slightly tallish, but they weren't. They weren't. Slightly,
2: offensive. <laughs> they were, they were <laughs>
0: caricatures. I mean, you know, it was. They were caricatures. It was. A, yeah. it was I, a parody it, of. It's not of the previous game in a way, you know. Yeah,
1: don't, don't get me wrong. It's not a bad game by any means, and and it's got some great. It does actually have some nice touches in it. I went into it straight on the back of Dishonored two, um, as a stealth game, which was which was great. And I went into what wanted to play stealthy, but just didn't have the stealth mechanics to do it. And the other niggles, it disappointed me. But it isn't a bad, it isn't a bad game. Um, and I know they've been doing some free weekends of it as well, because obviously it hasn't sold very well. And I think they're trying to push it. And it, you know, if if you were prepared to give it a go after this first Watchdogs, then it's probably worth it. But yeah, I just. I can't forgive that feeling oh. of disappointment after those first two hours. Knowing, oh, it's not what I wanted. I mean, they're, they're, I'll, I'll give you the
0: stealth thing. I mean, the, the thing that struck me with that, and, and like the first Watchdogs, is until you've until you've leveled up your abilities, until you've spent a bit of time playing the game and in, investing in the the upgrade tree, it is phenomenally hard to get out of a police chase because they are still oh, yeah. hyper aggressive, hyper aggressive um and un- until you've got all the tricks of the trade at your disposal you you just you do rude those police chases, and you think oh my god there's it's one of those games where you actually think oh no not a helicopter <laughs> please <laughs> um and i I go with you the stealth the stealth wasn't great and i don't i don't think it's they played more on it and i think if you if you use the hacking abilities and you do that it makes it easier but there was something I can't remember exactly. It's been a little while since I've, I've picked it up and played it, but there was something with the with the weapon selection and the way that you, the way that you brought up weapons and things like that. And I just remember trying to sneak into a police compound to pick up some item. It was like a collectible or something like that. I snuck in, and I drew my weapon. and I, for some reason I thought I had my stun gun, you know, ready to just stun this copper who was there. Who just kind of turned around and discovered me. Yeah. And I blasted him with a shotgun.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> just
0: completely selected the wrong weapon. Blast him with a shotgun. And then, of course, everyone heard. All his mates came around. And just, And it turned into this absolute horrific, you know, Terminator-style massacre. Um, and it, it just kind of came away, you know, massive police chase and everything. Um, and I did have a moment of thinking, yeah, that, that could have gone better. <laughs> <laughs> well moving it um, on but it was enjoyable
1: i really I, I actually really enjoyed playing it and i i can't understand why you've got such vitriol for it yeah so and um, well, i'm gonna move it on then i'll move it on to my next disappointment and my disappointment as you might grasp quite quickly seems to be centered entirely around ubisoft this year um which isn't <laughs> the first time i think we've had a year of ubisoft disappointments uh, but the second one's steep and again, I got caught up in the hype for it. I really wanted a snowboarding game. I really wanted SSX again. I knew I wasn't getting that, but I yeah. wanted—I uh, just wanted a good snowboarding game, and it had <coughs> such promise. So I did wait until it was reduced, and I only had to wait a fortnight for it to drop to half the price. So that was, you know, how confident everybody was with it. Um, and I thought, okay, that's worth taking a punt on let 's get it, and I have equal parts fun and equal parts horror with it 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 is a fantastic idea of being able to fully traverse a mountain range, changing your method of transport, whether you 're wingsuiting or snowboarding or skiing or paragliding. It has some brilliant ideas, and it it loads you from point to point in an instant. You're not sat on loading screens if you pick somewhere else on the map to go to. Some fantastic ideas. The snow looks lovely, the different surfaces, the environments, it's great. Then you try to do a trick and you fall on your face or you don't trick and it just repeats and repeats and repeats that poor performance because of the mapping of the controls. Or you get an instant restart of a race, which is is fantastic. You don't have to hang around. You just hit a button and restart it. Um but you've been in a race for 30 seconds maximum because they don't last very long in a number of cases. Um, And the audio track changes with each restart, so you hear the first 10 or 15 seconds of the same song just over and over again until it gets really annoying. Or it it just does some terrible, terrible things, like um, the whole idea of grouping up with random players in the world is really nice. So if they pass you, you hit a button, you group up together, you can go do events together. If one of these passes you, they never leave your screen, and you can see a marker for them when they're four miles away, (laughs) filling a quarter of your screen. It's, It's such bad design decisions, and it disappointed. Now, I have put it on in the last week, I did put it on on the Pro. They've upped the frame rate to 60, well, hopefully around 60 frames a second. It's a lot smoother, a lot faster. Um, And in fairness, in the last month, they have really patched the hell out of it to make it more user-friendly. They've addressed the music issue. They've addressed the fact that the text on the world map was too small for you to read. Um, And the fact that it told you you had new events that you completed ages ago. They've fixed a lot of things and actually it's more playable, and it's much more enjoyable, but it still doesn't take away. I was sorely disappointed when it turned up, even though I didn't pay full price for it. Okay, okay, so that's to, uh, any Any runners-up? I have a runner-up, and it's not really a disappointment, I suppose. Um, it was just shit. Um, Seven days to die. Just do not bother, ever. Please, save yourselves. Don't do it. <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. Blunt but effective. Um. I'm going to start with my runner-up, and it's not even. I don't even think it's really a runner-up. But I I was sitting through thinking about things that have disappointed me, and and obviously you know because it's 2016, I, I had to contemplate No Man's Sky. And then I'm going to be honest and say I sat there and I thought, Do you know what, you did play it for hours, um, and what you played, you enjoyed. You just got a bit bored of it. Like you did lots of other games over the years. So I, yeah. I had to I had to rescind that and say. Do you know it wasn't actually disappointing? It just it just didn't have longevity. It
1: it, it was just there, and even even yeah. with the new patch that came in, I, I went back to it and I played a bit, and it was it's still kind of it's just there because because I platinumed it, and there's not really an incentive to get you to the center of the universe any longer, even with the latest patch. Ho- hopefully, they might put some more stuff in. It, it's still nice. It's just it's it, middle of the road is about the best way of yeah. putting it. So yeah, so that was that was my
0: feeling. Um, so what what disappointed me? What disappointed me? Um, first of all, okay, I'm gonna get it out of there. Carmageddon max damage. Yeah, that was quite bad. It's just it's a game. Twenty years ago, Graham, who you know works on coding moments with us and, and myself, we were really into that as as sixteen, seventeen year old teenagers. And it's just. It would be one thing if I put on the 20-year-old version of the game and thought, do you know what, this isn't as good as I remember, because that's what happens. That's why I'm not into retro gaming, if I'm blunt, because my rose-tinted view of what I used to play is is nothing like the reality of it. But to put on a PS4 you know, remake, the modern imagining of it, and just think oh my god, this is horrible. The cars (laughs) steer like every vehicle is like a cement truck, and the pop up is
1: just unforgivable for a PS4 game. Did you spend money on it? <laughs> Shut, yeah. Did you not read no, my no review? <laughs> yeah, I did. Shut and up. we talked about it a lot, and you still went and spent money on it. That's yeah, well,
0: you know, I enjoyed Watch Dogs 2. What's your point?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there's no accounting for taste, obviously.
0: No, so it was bad. It was really bad, and I was so, I was genuinely genuinely heartbroken that that was the case. So, and that's it. I did I did listen to you, and I still thought, yeah, but it's you know, Matt just doesn't appreciate the 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 fine vintage that is Karma <laughs> I was wrong.
1: <laughs> so it was really bad. So. so. Uh, so, God, it, yeah. is your is your next one the top disappointment, or is it is it equal disappointment?
0: I think it's I think it's almost equal. I, it probably should be top because um, I bought this next game thinking it would be fun and it would be the kind of thing that maybe my wife and I could play together because there's not many games that Lucy wants to wants to play. And
1: no, before you before yeah. announced before you announced the game, at full disclosure, yeah. me and Vic thought about buying it as well because it looked like it could be a good good fun. <laughs> Yeah yeah totally. Co-op game. No, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's just it's no, it's just repetitive and boring and uh, it's cat lateral damage. <laughs> um and the the idea is basically that you are a cat left alone in a house and you've got x amount of time to cause so much damage. And it should it should be a brilliant concept. It should be great fun. It should be like it should be like goat simulator with cats. But it's just I don't know, it's just bland and soul sapping and boring and we we only ever put it on the ones. <laughs> I thought we'd oh, money no. for this. Um <laughs> and it was just genuinely yeah it was it was yeah. Disappointing. I wanted this cat, so I wanted it to be better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well after after your recommendation I made sure I didn't buy I trusted your judgment on that one.
0: Yeah, well all right, yeah. Yeah, good point. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> So that was it. That was our surprises and disappointments of um, of two thousand and sixteen. As we say, it's not a, it's not a, it's not our game of the year. It's not, you know, not even not even necessarily the worst games of the year. Just just the ones that kind of, you know, we were we were personally affected by.
1: <laughs> yes, scarred, scarred for life, <laughs> scarred.
0: Right. Okay. Well, I think I think we'll draw
1: a line under that. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's move on to twenty seventeen and what's new.
0: Okay, so we've got a brand new feature on codecmoments.com. Should we have really named this feature what we did?
1: Well, in fairness, our guest got final say over what it was called, so it's up to him.
0: Okay, all right then, fine. So, Scotch Corner. We found a crazy Glaswegian um, on the doorstep the other week uh, muttering something about a column in the Scottish Sun. So um, we took him in, cleaned him up, and he's here today, Stuart Cullen.
2: All right, how are we doing, gentlemen? Very good, thanks. How are you? I am
0: splendid. Okay, so tell us, tell us about Scotch Corner.
2: Scotch Corner is a wonderful place. The 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 the, the meadows are high and the fields are long, and for some reason, goombas run free. I don't quite understand that. Scotch Corner is the digital embodiment of my page in the Scottish Sun, where I review. Interview, preview, spotlight, and anything else in between—uh, all the goodness in gamerdom. Um, and you fine gentlemen have joined me in what I like to call a partnership. Don't know if it's civil or not, but it's a partnership. <laughs> it's not civil. We no. we, we we reap <laughs> we reap the rewards of a uh, jolly good content because uh, as Matt has stated on the thing only. 8%, eight percent, eight zero point zero eight percent of the world's population gets to read it, um, <laughs> which which isn't a lot of people. West people that are that are in London get to read my page each week, which is a, which is a pity. Which is a pity.
0: I'm tempted now to hire a helicopter and just chuck copies out over London.
2: Yeah, I, I would, I would. I, I feel sorry for the English when you look at their game page. I feel sorry for you. It's not the best. Well,
1: you don't have to worry too much now because pretty much everybody can read it. Because it's now on the website each yep. week
2: Yep, and we've so far we've had Resident Evil 7 reviews We've had Watchdog interviews We've had a Bye Ukulele interview Which is very interesting in fact um, mm. Behind the Iron Curtain of Kickstarter And how Kickstarter can change the evolution of a game And this week we had Halo Wars Definitive Edition review Which is great Probably by the time this has gone out We'll have... Pucci and Yoshi's Woolly World review because hey, why not review some Nintendo stuff? So yeah, uh, <laughs> new frontiers and new things are being broken uh, every week. So yeah, um, hopefully you'll enjoy it if you've popped by the site. I think I've got my new boy now, which means I've kind of got my one foot under the desk. But yeah, it's uh, it's great to be part of the the Codec family. It's good to have you beautifully put um,
0: so what's what's coming up this Sunday then because uh, this will this will be out before it for
1: once before we go any further he's promising <laughs> that so if you're listening to this on the 20th of August and it's the first time it's gone <laughs> up um, then no one will be surprised I
0: didn't say which Sunday
2: <laughs> <laughs> this week we have a the Pucci and Yoshi's World, World Review is the main review we also have a bit on what I'm going to talk about next so I won't spoil it um, and we have Rise and Shine review, which is the delightful indie game from Adult Swim, which is like a cartoon. If you're listening to it next week, the following week, we'll have Sniper Elite V4 review, and we'll have an interview. With one of the creators of that game, which, trust me, it's pretty good because he openly admits it's just a murder simulator, <laughs> which, which, which was more than even I could wish to achieve. When when you're interviewing somebody and the man goes, it's pretty much a murder simulator, you know you've struck interview gold. Um, and we talk about about the mechanics behind the murder, which is good. And I think we might have I am bread as well that week because India is good and the following week we're going to have a big blowout on Halo Wars 2 um, with an interview and I might feature a wee bit of analogue gaming, a bit of board games uh, with Spartan Games who do the Halo Fleet battle and also Ground Assault and then as well in the mist there'll be a For Honor interview so it's all going on and Aqua Kitty Deluxe Super Edition will be mentioned as well, as well as all the usual quality goodness in between. You think I planned this, wouldn't you? You think I sat with a bit of paper uh, and planned it? seemed
1: pretty well organised. Beyond the next three weeks then, what? what's the thing you're looking forward to the most?
2: Other than Halo Wars too, which I'm really excited about. It was a major milestone this week because we actually passed the first year, the year anniversary, with Sunday. So yeah, we'd just recently moved to Sunday. And um, We've done the anniversary, um, I've just done the partnership with you guys and to mark it I got to do my first ever published Halo review which I know doesn't seem like much but to me it was a, it's a major thing as I sit in a room surrounded by Master Chief figurines and cardboard cutouts Halo fan? Me? Never Other than that, um, I, I'm really interested to see about the kind of quirky stuff we've got coming up We might be talking to the Dark Souls board game guys um, I'll be reviewing a wee bit of that. Possibly, we'll be looking at a game called Balance Beasts, which is a kind of amalgamation of analog and digital gaming. Kind of aimed at younger guys. Kind of Jenga meets Rayman, I think. Kind of. I've 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 not opened it yet, but I'm excited to see what it's like. Um, oh, we'll that sounds have, interesting. We'll have some racing excitement because we're we're known for our racing. So I believe we may have Funtech coming in. And giving us a wee review of some of their products. Um we'll have the next expansion pack for Forza because 'cause we're big in the Forza scene. Uh we'll have a racing rig review thanks to friend of the show. Uh well f- the fact I can say that. Chrissy Doran. She's taking a, a GT Omega chair through the it's paces as we speak, and uh, here it's getting horsed about like only a pro racing. That's what I love about it. You talk to John or Dad at work, and everybody's softly, softly, gently, gently, and Chrissy just throws it left, right, centre, clunk, smash, boom, <laughs> and uh, John's like you'd you you you'd, you'd cry because you, you get the hundred three hundred pound steering wheel and you're like oh it's, it's like gold dust. We need to put it in. She's like woof woof all over the place. So um. <laughs> We did a we did a, a Settle Corsair review with her. We did a dual review this year. I reviewed it, she reviewed it, but she reviewed it as a racer. And it was really interesting as a gamer versus a racer's perspective. And it was a great insight into how an actual racing driver uses an, an actual game to learn how to race a track professionally. And we've got a few other tidbits coming up as well. Always pushing for new content, always pushing for interviews and stuff, always pushing for good stuff. So uh, keep your eyes on Scotch Corner where the Tartan Spartan roams. With his bottle of iron brew, I love that graphic so much. It's my favourite graphic <laughs> I've ever built. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> what what defines your graphic design career? Putting a kilt on Master Chief and then putting my head on Master Chief and putting an Iron Brew <laughs> bottle on his hand? That was that was the defining moment. Well if you want to check out
0: this um masterization, uh with Iron Brew, then go to codecmoments.com <laughs> and look for the Scotch Corner headline. Um so what what were you up to this week, Stuart? Where have you been? I have, what have you been doing
2: been in Le Francais where i was invited by future home interactive who are a french publisher to sample their wares
1: is it focus home interactive
2: yes focus we're focus again we'll get we'll
1: get the name right
2: yeah well uh, it's it's it, I, i've got a booking from it says leo this is this actually says leo what's next the focus it doesn't actually say in that bad an uh, accent but it was, it was close enough. Um, and basically what it was, was a, a... If it was in the UK, you would call it a pop-up shop. Where um, <laughs> basically they, 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 they took a place. You know you're in a pop-up shop because when you walk in, there's a really strong smell of gloss paint. As if they've just painted <laughs> it, like, 24 hours before you arrived.
0: When they had the PSVR demo in Meadowhall. Oh, yeah. I remember walking in and thinking, last week this was definitely the gap
2: <laughs> well, I was going to say I've been to a few PlayStation events in Glasgow and they, they did they used to do a, a road show called PlayStation Access before it was an actual YouTube thing maybe. Bob and um, they basically did it in this place called the Glow Factory there were no horses nearby and it was like you could tell it was just it was just painted and then there was a Vita tour which was inside like an old Black's camping store again you could tell it was just like pop-up shop back to France but the French did it in style i suppose if you want to say that and they showcased um about what we think 13 14 games maybe even more actually but oh, wow. it, it was a very um, a very strange event um because there was like three or four games playable at the event there was sticks two Shard of darkness is sticks two um i don't know if has played sticks one it's
1: I, it was it was a PS Plus game. It's one of those that sat on my drive and I never played, so I might have to get back around to it if it's worth a look.
2: It's the game that Fief should have been. That's pretty much my honest opinion. It's basically Fief, but you're a wee goblin, which is it's, it's good. Um, if you like the first one, you'll like the second one, and it is just more of the same, but just different way, like have new powers and new abilities and stuff. Uh, the surge was there. Surge is a really interesting thing. It's for the people who did Lords of the Fallen. and Lords of the Fallen is a Dark Souls ripoff. So the Surge is a Dark Souls ripoff, but set in a world for robots. Which it's set in the future, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, it sounded it sounded quite interesting. Again, and maybe this is going to be a trait for all of Focus Home Interactive's games. But um, Lords of the Fallen was a PS Plus game about three months ago. Well, it was on uh, Xbox again, as well. Another one I've not I've not played yet.
2: It was a with gold game as well. Um, the Surge looks and plays really well. Um, when I watched the trailer I had it in my head that it was going to be a rip off COD. And then I'm like no nah, this isn't quite COD because I'm dying in one hit. But it's kind of party piece uh, that we got to play was you target body parts. So when an enemy's coming towards you you can hit them in the shoulder uh, or the arm and what will happen is that arm will then they'll drop that arm when they die, so you'll you'll damage the arm, you'll damage the leg and when they die you pick up that part which you then can make into a a part for you so (laughs) you're you're always upgrading yourself. How it's going to work over the longevity of the game I don't know but what I got told in an interview which again will no doubt be going up on the site at some point is that the bosses in it are like big mechanical cranes and things, and you basically, uh, how you defeat it will be down to what you get. So you might see like something on the crane that you're like, Oh, I really like that, that'll give me a big boost. So you target that part, and you keep smacking it, and then when it fall, when you kill it, you pick that up and then you put it onto you and it makes you stronger. It sounds like a really, really interesting game, and I, I I like my soul style games, and I really like futuristic games. So I definitely think it's definitely one to watch. So the 13th, 14th of May, it's out. And as I was saying to the developer, I said you're a bit of a sleeper hat because other than a trailer or two, that was the first real oomph. But apparently there's a demo coming as well for it. So I'd definitely say give that a go. Especially on the back of this Samurai game. Not, n- Nino, Noko, Nikahaho. Oh, uh, is it Neo? Aye, uh, Neo, which is basically a, a Souls game as well in a kind of Samurai style. On the, but it's a PlayStation exclusive. So that was pretty cool as well now we kind of wander into the territory of the I'm making a game and I'm thinking about it in my head and we've only been making it for two weeks so when I speak to you for half an hour I'm only telling you what my vision is for the game so we don't have trailers we don't have assets we don't have concept art we just have a name and an idea and you're like okay so it's kind of awkward sitting in front of a developer who's full of passion full of passion And you're kind of like So in two years time As I was talking to Andy in the green room about this So in two years time When your game's released And it's nothing like your actual Interview you gave me Can I then come back to you and say What happened? It's kind of a weird one Because I've never been in that position What happened to your dream? Yeah what happened to it? Um, Such games that fell under that were Werewolf the Apocalypse Which was one of the more colourful interviews If you're into it Werewolf Apocalypse is part of the Vampire Masquerade bloodline and it flows into it and it's gonna be an RPG in which you play a werewolf and you basically you can be a good guy, you can kill bad guys, you can kill innocent people. There's a running theme through all of this, trust me, when when we get to the point, <laughs> there's a run there's a, it's the running theme is that you can day you can kill good or bad guys. Yeah. Um Insurgent Sandstorm, again, really interesting game. Um, Insurgents was a mod originally, source mod. Um, Insurgents Sandstorm is taking what we would believe to be a current shooter and throwing it on its head. You play as an enslaved, I think it's an Iraqi, you're an Iraqi girl who was enslaved and you, one day when a sandstorm hits the encamp where you're being held, you and your best friend escape and you basically join uh, a militia and it's about you, uh, ex-v an ex-veteran who's been back to America and come back for payback and a journalist and there's somebody else basically on a road trip through Iraq and the way they painted it to me was you'll be going through Iraq and you'll come across spec ops teams or Intercept you, and you'll have the choice to work with the Americans or not work with Americans. You'll have the actual Iraqis as well fighting towards you. It sounds like a very much a, a headline grabbing title because, well, for a start, you're a caged Iraqi teenager. It's a bit random, you know, a super all singing robot. It, it
1: throws to mind um, visions of valiant hearts. That kind, kind of storytelling.
2: Yeah, yeah, but this is also, the kicker is, this is in the kind of mode Operation Flashpoint. Basically, the guy that was talking to me was saying that actual vets get uh, flashback because of the sound quality they use and all that. and the, It makes it sound like a, a kind of, not the funnest game in the world to play, but it's not quite as hard as Flashpoint, he was saying, but it is quite hard at the same time, i.e. you need to... And-
1: it, it sounds quite heavy going
2: that's what I said because I said to him so how dark do you get because obviously there's things you hear about during the Iraqi war um, like if you've watched Jack Reacher Jack Reacher's kind of highlights what happens at certain parts in the Iraqi war and I was kind of hinting if that would be a thing and it basically goes well if you're playing at the beginning if you're playing somebody who's enslaved You'll probably get darker as you go on, and I'm like, lovely. So, that's one for the kids and the family. Um, (laughs) so apart, but apparently, I'd never heard of the Surgeon series, but apparently, it's massive, massive. Um, it's been running for 10 years. Uh, I'm gonna butcher the next name. Uh, Necronomidom, Necronomidom, uh, Underhive is a it sounds amazing It's, it's it, all these things sound like when these guys sit and paint the picture you're like this is amazing this is basically going to be like an XCOM slash XCOM the Bureau game that takes place the Underhive is basically a massive structure in a city in the Warhammer universe and basically he sold it to me as XCOM but in a Judge Dredd style setting where you play as a gang uh, thugs inside this big massive compound like a Mega City 1 kind of thing but what it is is basically a big factory that makes machine parts and stuff for like war Warhammer Titans and stuff it sounds really interesting and it's like a big part of the board games the verticality and stuff and all that and the really worrying thing is they've only been working on that for a week that's worrying because I'm really excited for this game but it's only a week old <laughs> there's like 8 clans 8 groups of thugs and I'm like so which ones are you going to oh we don't know yet we've no picked yet we just know we're doing a game based on this license. <laughs> I'm trying to think to run off a couple of ones. Greedfall, Greedfall is from the guys that did the Technomancer Spider Studios. Again, like they couldn't tell me anything. Um, they had a they had a trailer. And it looks basically like the trailer shows an Assassin's Creed style gentleman walking towards a kind of witch Native American and she whistles and a big massive tree monster like something that the Witcher comes running at the guy and kills him. And as I said when I was talking to him I said so um, how much like the Witcher are you? And they basically went we're nothing like the Witcher we're more like Mass Effect. Oh okay Uh, because I got a real Witcher (laughs) vibe for your art style and the whole idea is you go to an island and there's five different Tribes or whatever you want to call them, like factions and each faction does a different thing and you can play the factions off against each other and the, the whole island's bathed in magic because you're trying to get a, an antidote to a plague that's killing your people and it sounds it sounds like an interesting thing, you're talking 40-60 hour RPG epic yarn. Vampyra, Vampyra is another one which is really interesting imagine a Dishonored style game but instead of being a Dishonored assassin you are a fresh vampire I'm, um, I'll be honest
1: I'm really interested in that because it's from the guys who did Remember, uh, Me. Remember Me which I really liked
2: Life is and Strange they did as Life as is well.
1: Strange? now I've not played Life is Strange but Remember Me was brilliant I think that was their debut game wasn't it
2: yep I was going to say the only thing about Remember Me that did me in was a combat the whole you make your own combat combo system killed me in Remember Me because it was a bit I don't know if you remember like when you were fighting you were like if you pressed like so many buttons in so many ways you'd get like a health combo or a defence combo yeah Yeah. it just didn't quite work because of the timings because in your you'd do the try and do the timing but the timing was it wasn't dictated by the beat of the fight it was dictated by the beat of what it's wanting you to do if you know what I mean
1: I know exactly what you mean, because it, um, it was a bit contradictory when you were used to kind of the Batman yeah. Arkham game style. Um, yeah, it was a little bit odd, but the game and the premise itself was really good. The, the thing they had that was superb was the memory remixing, mm-hmm. um, but well, they didn't make enough of that. They didn't use it often enough.
2: Well, that's the thing, because Wife is Strange is basically that mechanic, but spread in the whole game. It's all about time travel and stuff, which is really weird because now they're doing a vampire game, which doesn't involve time travel.
1: They they do seem to go through very distinct different genres, um, but we'll see. No, I'm I'm quite looking forward to that one.
2: Well, the interesting thing about that is uh, that is like because you're a, a man of the sciences, it's like depending who you kill in the world affects the world. So the example they gave is was there's a barman, a barmaid and she's a gossip the woman and the barman's a black market man so basically if you kill the barman she then freaks out and stuff and stuff happens, if you kill her, he goes into depression ends up hitting the drink hard and basically he starts talking about things in the area that will help you, but if you kill them within like 2 or 3 day, weeks or so, and the pub just shuts down, they just board the pub up and the pub's at the game for the running so it's a really interesting style mechanic that that, that, that killing characters changes the environment such. So um, yeah. I love the
0: idea of cause and effect played yeah. in that way actually
2: that's plus plus the other really interesting thing is to, to level up you need to kill innocent people. But you can make you can put the game without killing anybody, but to level up your powers and evolve your vampirism, you need to kill innocent. I don't know how that works. It must be the the the, the bad guy's blood isn't he good enough or some <laughs> I don't know. But um it's an interesting style mechanic, i.e. the morality choice between do I kill the innocent person or do I not kill them and therefore have to end up not being as powerful as what it could be and stuff. But that looks really interesting. Again, there's only been one trailer released in the Honfek concept art. It's at the end of this year, so I'm definitely shadowing that one. Another one as well was Call a um, the video game, which is really interesting. Um... It's a bit like if you took l a noir's detective mode batman's detective mode smushed them together in a kind of resident evil world with a pinch of outlast style enemies with eternal darkness on top of it, and you're kinda you you go insane basically uh have phobias so they sh- what they showed us was we were in a room and there was a closet and there was a a, a mad thing creature thing, and the guy hid in the closet but because he's got um, claustrophobia he started going insane and if you go insane you die Um, as is the way <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's just like uh, because you can't combat the 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 the, the vision. You have to hide and duck and dive, and that's where you're getting your outlast flavour. But then there's also like you, you need to talk to people. Um, there was this bit where a guy swung an axe at you, which is a bit strange. But you talked him down, and he ended up becoming your friend. And every character you interact with in the world becomes a friend or a foe. So I'll, I'll definitely give that a look. Um, quite slow paced, but quite a tense psychological thriller horror, you know. And should be should be good when it hits as well. The only other Big noticeable game was Farming Simulator. Because we all love a bit of Farming Simulator.
1: Who, aside from Graham, buys those games?
2: Hundreds of thousands of people. You know there'll be emails now, don't you? (laughs) I reviewed it a few weeks ago and I got an outcry of people saying, don't humiliate, because we had a bit of fun going, oh, Farming Simulator. And uh, the outcries of people who actually play Farming Simulator was quite terrifying. It's coming to the DS and it's also coming to the Switch which um, I actually got to see but was not playable, sadly. Well, I got a really nice interview with the dev and one of the most bizarre interviews ever they were showing off the... But there's a make-a-trailer and it's like he was going on about how you get bailers and he was getting really excited about how you get square balers and round bailers and how gamers prefer square bailers because you can stack them easier but the round bailer auto-wraps them and stuff and how if you wrap... <laughs> your hay into the auto baler it then becomes mulch and I'm just sitting there going wow and the guys that gone to meet I was trying to remember all the names of the equipment and there must be 40-50 f- bits and pieces because I'm going to myself if this was any other game I'd be like oh wow that's amazing but because it's farming, something it's kind of that oddity thing you know what I mean I don't know if, if it's if it's your thing It's your thing And I totally I totally get it I totally get it People love it But at the same time There is a really odd Spectrum to it Because I asked him I asked the guy I went So um, Can people play your game? And he was like Well We'll find that people Who like tractors play it Don't need much marketing you know insight to figure games. that one out Well yeah. <laughs> People People who like tractors People who grew up Near or around farms Farmers just everybody. And I'm like, wow. And I was like, so I was really hoping they'd turn around and tell me like, oh they've got the they've got stats of housewives. Like, they Teach their own, you know what I mean? They had the the the, the 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 I was gonna say the racing wheel. It's not quite a racing wheel. They had the farming simulator wheel set up which um, comes with a nineteen button panel.
0: <laughs> the farming wheel.
2: Yeah, it's got the bit you Know how the bit you put your steering wheel where you can just turn it. As if it's like a, like a a winch. It's got like um, oh, this 19... It's, it's kind of like Steel Battalion, but an attractor. So you've got hundreds of different buttons that do hundreds of different things.
0: Your mission is to get one of these and have Christy Doran Race it.
2: <laughs> race it. Ra- ra- race it. Race I can imagine her just, just just, tailgating and just going crazy <laughs> in a, a silo machine. You know what I mean? Combine harvester dropping things and stuff. There's another thing the guy was going on about was he was like, people really love big agricultural machines. So he was like, this is a 60-foot-long weed killer sprayer. And I'm going. What's the difference between a 60-foot lo- fit long one and a 20-foot long one? 40 well, about foot. 40 feet. Yeah, yeah, but the machine still does the <laughs> same job.
0: Just only a third as effectively.
2: True, true. But um, right. that was, that was <laughs> the, the joy of farming simulator. Other than that, uh, there was a few other bits and pieces, but no doubt it'll make its way into the section on the site. I had the, the most delightful meal in the world, which Andy told me is now a thing in... Uh, Gateshead, which I'm disappointed about. Sad. Oh no 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 no, no no no
0: no no! Get right. No, stop that right now. Basically, <laughs> what you had was essentially a chicken palm over that is Not uh, a you thing the, in you Gateshead. That's a tea side thing. Was, Gateshead it, is not tea side. It
2: was. It was a a a cheats, a pizza. It was our KFC pizza. Because the picture shows a round thing that looks like a picture of a chicken on it. No, no. What it is is two KFC fillets with cheese, tomato sauce and pepperoni on it. And then you shot me down. And I thought, I've went to France and tried French cuisine. And then you're like, no, 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 no. (laughs) So then the next...
0: especially a chicken parmo, yeah.
2: The next day I went to uh, McDonald's and tried a McDonald's hot dog. Because why not? Also... French video game shops are a thing of beauty, man. Oh wow, we! You walk in every game shop and there's walls of cabinets. You don't get to pick up games and look at them. They're all in glass cabinets. So most shops have the front, but is basically all current gen. So everything for PlayStation three upwards. And all your accessories and all your special editions, and it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then you might have a bit of kind of memorabilia, you know what I mean, uh, bits and pieces, controllers and stuff. But then they all have a back room, right? (laughs) Some of them are downstairs, some of them are in the back. But when you get into the back, oh my God, everything. I mean, I've never seen so many games for sale for every platform. Ever. Like, I was blown away. They had Master System, Sega Saturn, Sega Nomad. They had SNES, uh, Virtual Boy. They had old school, original, like, the Pong variants. You know how they did, like, the Vision and all this? They had all of that. Yeah. The, it's, Retro's massive. They had GBAs, Game Boys. Oh, wall after wall after wall after wall. Everything, man. I was totally blown away by it. Wow. And I was like... Why is this not a thing in the UK? Why do we not have independent shops that are like this? And it's insane because I'm going to myself, this stuff would sell in the UK. I walked into a shop and I've never seen Panzer the Dragoon Saga in the wild. And there it was, sitting there for the Saturn. It was £400, but there it was, sitting there. And I was like, wow. And There it,
1: you go. That's how they stay afloat.
2: <laughs> that's, well, that's the thing. It's like, the Deep Fear. Deep Fear was the last game published on the Saturn. £150. And I'm like, wow. They had Japanese imports for the Xbox 360. And these are games I'd only ever heard of. And you're sitting there with them like, 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 alright, they're £70, 80 pounds a pop, but... You're like, I've never ever seen that ever in the wild. And it's just, wow. And this is like four or five different shops that are identical to each other, but with different stock. It was an impressive thing to behold. And I was like, wow, French might not get some things right, but they definitely get their game shops right.
1: Did you come back with anything?
2: I was desperately looking for a copy of Handball uh, 2016, but I couldn't find it. Because I know Handball's a European-only game. Uh, for the Xbox One, because you can't. I don't think you can get it here unless it's an import. I was raging. Big into Gundam's. Big into um, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z's massive. I mean, absolutely massive. Um, just stuff like that, kind of manga stuff and all that. But yeah, um, definitely a treat. A very, very, very well spent afternoon uh, wandering the the streets of Paris, uh, working at video game shops.
0: Lovely. All right. Thank you, Stuart. I think we need to draw a line under it there. To... Shush your face
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You can catch Stuart's page every Sunday At codicmoments.com Or if you're lucky enough to live in Scotland uh, And have access to a real life Physical copy of the Scottish Sun You can uh, find it there
2: Thanks for having me um, I hope I'm back again sometime
0: I'm sure you will be
2: If you're looking for me um, I'm on the Twitters as Fury AC and the number 3 That's where you'll, you'll find me Right, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. No worries. They actually hired the band for me. <laughs> they hired the band to come in and play for me. Oh, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> you must be special because I never get the audio clips played while we're recording.
0: <laughs> oh, this, is, this is the new thing, Matt.
2: You actually have your soundboard set future. up and ready. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Right, Stu, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you later on.
1: Speaking of Paris... Um. Obviously, Stu spent a bit of time there. Um. But I was sent something the other day that that looked. I'll be honest. On the face of it, something I wasn't really bothered about. And something I never really mentioned. Um. There's a studio uh, that's opened in Paris. Um. As part of Virtuous Game Studios, and it's focusing on developing mobile games. Now. Be forgiven for not knowing who Virtuous were, because I had no clue until I actually did a bit of digging to find out some more about them. Um, but the, the company that co-developed the remasters that we've had recently on Heavy Rain, Return to Arkham, you know, part of the Batman series, and right. Assassin's Creed's Ezio Collection, which okay. I, I I thought well, oh, all right then, so that that's quite interesting. It's a game company that's worked on. At least dealing with um, the remasters of those is going into mobile games could be quite interesting. Then I dug a little bit further, and they're predominantly like an art asset company, and they've done the art for, unfortunately, <laughs> Watchdogs two, <laughs> um, and Uncharted four. Okay, and they also do it for movies. So, and they've worked on Rogue One, Captain America: Civil War, and Warcraft. So in twenty sixteen, so we're to- we talking
0: about kind of. Map backgrounds or or virtual backgrounds it's, or it, it's 3D, what are we talking?
1: 3D art assets. So it's, okay. um, it'll be it'll be the actual um, sort of 3D modeling um, CG work. Right. So it could be could be ships or yeah. You're right. It could actually be backgrounds, but it could be ships. It could be it could be anything that have been tasked to do and it's been outsourced to them. So cool. th- they've got quite a pedigree there, and that that got me a little bit interested. Um, then. I read who's actually heading up the studio, and it's a guy called Jean-Baptiste Fleury, who probably sounds better if you say his name in a French accent. Jean-Baptiste Fleury? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. Oh, no! Sebastian! With my ridiculous French accent. Hello! I kind of thought, well, who's this guy? Um... And he's, he's got quite a history in gaming. Very, very experienced. Um, worked at Nintendo. He's worked on the Mario games, Pokemon games, Legend of Zelda. He's worked at Ubisoft, and you'll like this one. He's worked on Splinter Cell and Ooh. Assassin's Creed. So a lot of experience with him. So they've got him heading up the studio. I think he's been in position for about a year or so. It's amazing what you can find out on LinkedIn. And apparently he's a third contact of mine as well, which I discovered today. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point.
0: Um, <laughs> Is not like half the world a third level content with people it, on LinkedIn?
1: <laughs> it might be. It might be. But I was just a bit impressed that he wasn't like 17th or something. Um, so, so, yeah, they've, they've put some real talent in there. And you're thinking, OK, well, whilst I wouldn't usually be interested in this, it, it's sounding quite promising. And they also have a game. And they've released a mobile game called Carbon Warfare. Any good? And that, sounds, that sounds really exciting from the title. And then you read what it's about. What is it about? It's about climate change and oh, what? carbon footprints. And it's an actionable change through gaming, is the blurb, uh, which makes it sound a bit eco-warrior-ish. And it was all really promising. And then they hit that point and I thought, oh no, has this, this just lost me? But rather than completely ridicule it, I'm going to download... Carbon Warfare. I'm going to see what it's like and see if it is actually actionable change through gaming. I'm going to see if that is a genuine statement or just some marketing rubbish that's been made up. Every time you level up, they plant a tree. (laughs) I will find out and I'll report back. I don't get
0: it. I don't know. Okay, I think you need to go. That needs to be your homework assignment. Is you have to go and play Carbon Warfare. You'll be pleased to know I've just looked up Jean Baptiste Flurry, and um, he's also a, a third level associate of my my own yeah. on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, probably through me. So um, I might I might invite him to connect. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I, I'll be honest. like I say, we 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 do t- talk bits of industry news every now and again, but it's it's not often we really do mobile gaming. But this one stood out a bit. Um. Just purely for the stuff that they've worked on, they're owned by I think a Chinese company, um, where a lot of actually the movie artwork is done. Uh, so it just it could be interesting on where they're going to go. So I'll see what the game's like, and I'll let you know in the next episode. Okay, great. Well,
0: good. Um, nice, uh, nicely connected. Don't really know what I'm saying. now. That would have been a good time to end it, wouldn't it? it just put a sting in. Right, Matthew, at Momentum, let's let's plough through now because we're, we're an hour in, and we we still haven't included the pre-record. <laughs> Very true.
1: Okay, uh, so it is that time of the month to talk about at Momentum, our little initiative to help you try and clear your backlog of games. Um, we're not going to go through every entry that we've had for the last three months because quite frankly, January on its own was ridiculous with so many people entering and so many people completing yeah, yeah. games. Phenomenal. Thank you for the support, everybody, um, and keep on pledging and completing those games.
0: If if you want to know who did what and you want to see where people are in the leaderboards, then please check out
1: codemoments.com and uh, follow the links on there to Momentum. Yes, but we will give a shout out to the three winners that we've had since we last recorded. So back in November, our winner was at VitaFan Nine. December we had at Solemn Sixty Seven, and in January we had Fat Man John. Fat Man Scoop, the Clan! You better put a Fat Man Scoop bit in <laughs> you, there. You know it's, you know it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to all three of you. Um, two of you have had your um, gaming prizes for completing. We know one of you, um, who is not based in the UK, has not had his yet. That will be rectified very quickly.
0: Yeah, uh, no, that, that will be. Uh, so uh, we had a question on Facebook About And it's from uh, Kev from uh, the Laps Gamer Crew. He says, what's the correct terminology for seeing the end credits of a game and then
1: doing the 100% of achievements? So correct terminology is finisher. So if you see the credits of the game, you complete the story, if it has one, and you get every single achievement or trophy, we'll class it as a finisher. And if you happen to win in that month, then we will double your gaming voucher prize. If you fail and don't get the 100% completion, or the trophies, or the achievements, then it's nothing at all. It's an all-or-nothing gamble. Either you pledge to do it and complete it, or you manage not to. So it's always best to be a little bit sure that you can do that game. Okie dokie. That said, (laughs) if... You don't finish it, don't manage to do your finisher. We're not that heartless that we won't let you pledge it as a standard momentum in another month if you really, really do want to finish it off. So it's not end of the world, um, but you won't be able to put it back in as a finisher, I'm afraid. Well, not ever again. If, if you fail the finisher, you can't put it in again.
0: Oh, that seems you, really mean and hard. I
1: see. Normal momentum is fine. You, you can finish the game and have it count towards your total, um, but you, you're going to lose out on the bonus um, league table points. Right. Okay. Well, goodness me, you're 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 really getting quite stringent with these, aren't you? Yeah. You made up the rules as well. Don't pin it on me.
0: No, it's all you. It's all you. I'm all about the love. Um. <laughs> you're you're the you're the stick <laughs> I beat people with. <laughs> One
1: of us has to protect
0: your wallet. Well, that's true. Um. Okay. So so what you know what else do people need to know?
1: Quickly. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Head to the website. Um go to the Codec Momentum page. You can pick it off the menu bar and submit your choice of game on the form. Remember to give it your details. And then when you finish the game, absolutely remember to tweet us a picture using the hashtag codec Momentum and we'll be able to pick that up and add it to the page. The end of each month, we calculate the scores, update you in the leaderboard. And if I remember and get time, um, we will do you some fancy avatars and banners for Facebook or Twitter. Fabulous. Right, so, so did, just did, time before we... What? I was just going to say, so did we get any more questions on Facebook? Yeah, well, do you know, I was just about to say, if you'd let me finish. I wanted to jump in first. That was all. All right. Um,
0: yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. I had a nice, I had a nice link planned, but no.
1: Well, go on. Do, do your nice link instead, then. I can't even remember what I was saying now. It's gone. It's gone.
0: I think I was going to say, before we wrap up, we just got time to look through some of the other Facebook questions that we had. So... I think my favourite one comes from Vicky,
1: in Halifax.
0: Do you know anyone called Vic in Halifax, Matthew?
1: Uh, well, there's a few. I mean, it's not exactly a rare name. Yeah, there might be might be one sat downstairs right now. Yeah, okay. Vic says, uh, "I think my baby might be addicted to devices: phone,
0: tablet, laptop. Please, can you advise?" So, um, I'll throw that I'll throw that one over to you as a,
1: as yes, a um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a, the, the handy tip. There is um, keep them out of reach. Simple. <laughs>
0: oh dear they get bigger Mine, mine's now two and a half and she can um, she can quite happily walk through to the kitchen pick up the stool that we let her stand on to uh wash her hands and then bring it into wherever you happen to have hidden things which gives her an extra 10 inches of reach also also the one thing i will add is that my my daughter is phenomenally proficient with with a tablet or a phone but now thinks that any screen is a touch screen Oh, that must be quite um, surprising. It's constantly, it's constantly the look of frustration on her face when she can't, you know, when she can't flick to another program on CPBS <laughs> on the TV. Uh, is is worth its weight in gold, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I think I think restrict, hide the restrict screen time. But I think accept the fact that this is this is the modern way.
1: Yeah, and, and, and in fairness, part of the, part of the reason for keeping her out of reach is um it, it's not that she, she's attracted to them because they're shiny. Um that is obviously, but also they taste good. And that's why you keep them out of reach if you don't want a screen <laughs> so covered in saliva. That's always that's
0: always been my problem. Yeah. Okie dokie. So uh thank you very much for that. Uh Ali, uh Alistair James Cornwall. Also another lapsed gamer says, uh, what game are you looking forward to most this year? Oh, you filled
1: that one first because it gave me a chance to think.
0: No problem. Well, there's there's two I'm really looking forward to. Um, so, throwing both out there. I'm I'm really looking forward to Ghost Recon Wildlands, um, the beta. I've been looking forward to that since since Ghost Recon Future Soldier, if I'm honest. And the beta, whilst whilst from a kind of single player point of view, it's it doesn't seem. To, uh, to be quite as tactical as as the previous Ghost Recon games, in co op it's phenomenal. It's everything we've ever talked about. You know um, what we wanted out of a out of a kind of Far Cry co op experience. It, it, it ticks all the boxes. It, it is. I can see a lot of people comparing it to Far Cry, like a third person Far Cry, and, and I kind of get that. But the with with other players, I think the tactical element is there. So really looking forward to that now.
1: I am as well. I think um, because we, we both like that type of co-op play and that communication, I don't know about you, I, I pre-ordered after the beta.
0: I've not yet. I will do. I need to look at the offers and various things. I, I accept the criticisms of it. The um, the driving's not great, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I think my fav- one of my favourite moments was playing with Graham, actually, who has absolutely no time for stealth games whatsoever, but was, was really embracing... It, and we were scouting out encampments and going through and trying to take them down stealthily, and we we did a bit of that. And then um, we we took down this one area, and he he'd kind of disappeared. <laughs> Where are you? He's like, yeah. you can't run over cows in a tractor, <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, okay. And then um, and then I stumbled across something. I was like, you've got to come here now. You've got to come here now. He's like, I'm driving my tractor. Come here and he did uh, and he arrived and I think he just went wow because I'd found I'd found a truck with a minigun on the back <laughs> <laughs> and it basically went we had to go and rescue some bloke as part of a mission and it was very much getting there on our way we played it very much as uh, the game saying okay we need to go in here we need to go in silent we need to go in stealthy and we need to uh, Take these guys down before they realize anything happening because if they realize what's going on, they're going to kill him. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, right, okay, stealthy approach. And literally, we just ro- drove into the middle of the compound with this, you know, the minigun truck just with Graham on the so back. Ah, die! And <laughs> killed everyone in, you know, very, very quickly. And that, that was also a good tactic. Not stealthy. And the whole time the game is optimistically saying, you know, stealth tutorial press x <laughs> oh, i think you've missed the boat there actually but um yeah no that was it was a lot of fun i'm really excited about that but not the game i'm looking forward to most in 2017 so um the uh, persona 5 oh
1: i should have guessed that
0: yeah, yeah. persona 5 because I, I lost i lost so much of my life to persona 4 golden i cannot wait for persona 5 and yeah that's it that's it Persona 5. I'm just giddy. <laughs> I'm giddy thinking about it. <laughs> well, there you go.
1: I think for me it's Prey from Arcane, who did Dishonored, which is good, published by Bethesda and releasing in May. So um bound to be game of the year all over the place then, because that seems to be Bethesda's trick. But it just looks really nice. It it looks like um a really intriguing story. Um nice combination of powers, combat. A brilliant world to engage in. I heard a lot of good things about the original Prey, uh, so if it's based on that, it it should be really interesting. And and yeah, I think of everything that's coming this year, that's the one that I've seen and thought it could could be a little bit different. I'm hoping it's not Dishonored in Space, but to be honest, I could live with Dishonored in Space. Um, that 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 should be quite entertaining. So, um, no, it, just, it does look good, and it looks like quite a dark and twisted story as well. Plus, you can disguise yourself as a coffee cup. So, I mean, what else could <laughs> you do that in? No, touche. <laughs> that, and um, I'm most looking forward to a game in VR that lasts more than 15 minutes. That'd also be quite nice. Yeah,
0: can't really comment on that one, personally. Good stuff. So, uh, I, think that, I think that about wraps us up,
1: does it? I think it does. I don't think that's
0: a bad effort for um, three months away. That's pretty good uh if you want to get in touch with us you can you can tweet us i'm at clinical andy as we mentioned earlier matt's at codec moments um and if you want any more information you want to read more around what we've been doing look at reviews and the scotch corner thing then go to
1: codecmoments.com yeah um in the blurb for this uh, particular podcast i will also link to the last gamer um hitman Podcast so oh, you can yeah. listen to some detailed, very, very detailed thoughts on that. Um beware there are minor minor spoilers at one point. it won't ruin your listening of it, but just be aware of that. And um I will also link uh plug in these guys some to at today, the lapse gamer, game of the year shows, because they're definitely worth listening to.
0: Yeah, go on. Good bunch of people, good uh good podcasts. Go and have a listen to those. Thanks very much for uh, for paying attention for this long. Uh, another another one hour. Podcast that's um, definitely ticked into the one hour thirty territory. <laughs> I trust I
1: your brutal editing. <laughs> let's see, let's see how we go. Uh, thank you very much.
0: Right, I think I think that does it for me. Any uh, any
1: last comments from you, Doctor? No, that's it. Just uh, everyone enjoy yourselves.
0: Bye. Okay. Bye.
1: Is that your cat? Is that mine?
0: It's your cat because I'm I'm in a hotel. Oh, you're in a, in a hotel, Newburgh. aren't
1: you? I can hear this. Wow! <laughs> and I just what the hell? <laughs>